0: welcome back sports fans it's another episode of coach hess's sports corner i am your host coach donnie hess here back with me again is always my faithful co-host mr brad cross and brad how are you doing sir
1: oh i'm doing pretty well donnie over overcoming our little technical difficulties over here no big deal we always love technology especially when it loves to crap out on us right when we want to try and do important things. But other than that, we're doing really well. We had a fun little footy tournament this weekend up in Madison, Wisconsin, which was fun getting the combination team with a little St. Louis and Kansas city in there as well. So it was always good getting to see those guys and play against guys that we've played against before. And the crazy weekend of sports around the world was just as insane as we all thought it would be. And looking forward to getting into it.
0: Oh yes, always can't wait when my computer craps out just before we start the podcast. We got to restart it again sometimes, but we're back up, we're back going. Let's let's hop right into it. Let's jump into our game plan. We start off with football and as we discussed last week some major domestic leagues have gotten started. English Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, League A uh, is two weeks in. We gotta discuss how the first few rounds go through. We'll do a quick wrap around discussing some of the happenings of each of those leagues. We discuss as we get closer and closer to the Champions League. The, some of the first round, the the first round the first legs of the playoff rounds are done. Let's see how they've turned out. We're starting into the Europa. Two matches are down, several still to go to see how Europa is going. And we end as always with our beloved MLS. How's that going? How did last round go? How does the first couple of matches in this round already started? We jump into one of my favorite things every year, and that's the little league world series. We're not going to do super in-depth with this. We're going to touch it real quick, talk about who's there, how the tournament is different this year. Some of our favorite Parts about it and then we jump down to footy the penultimate round is over round 22 is over 23 is coming up we will discuss that how that went and then as always with Brad's crazy stat of the week sir let's jump right into it you 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 really wanted to do this let's do a real quick wrap around of the first round of domestic league football.
1: Well we'll go ahead and start off in the English Premier League and we, we got to start off with the first game. Because when Arsenal lose, we get to laugh and make fun of them. And especially when they lose to (laughs) Minnows, Brentford FC, in their very first Premier League game in over 70 years, they win 2-0 at Brentford Community Stadium over Arsenal, getting off the mat with three points right off the go. Good for Brentford. And then Saturday was really the Bruno Fernandez and Paul Pogba show, wasn't it? Three Mm -hmm. goals for Bruno Fernandez, four assists for Paul Pogba. An incredible showing as they beat Leeds 5-1. Chelsea was off the bat 3-0 win over Crystal Palace with a Pulisic goal. Leicester win 1-0 and a tight one against Wolves. Liverpool are off and running. They beat Norwich 3-0, and that's a big win for them because Norwich has been somewhat of a bogey team a little bit for Liverpool over the past couple of years, and they managed to get it done on the road at Norwich at Carroll Road. And then on Sunday was the big one that we were all looking forward to, Tottenham versus Manchester City, the debut of Jack Grealish for City. He wasn't as effective as they may have wanted him to be. And Tottenham end up going out with a 1-0 win with a Hyungmin Sun goal in the second half. And Tottenham deal the champions a 1-0 loss to start the season. And kind of funny, I, I pointed this out to you off camera, but every single game from the first match, day of the Premier League ended either win or loss. There were no draws. So 10 teams have three points and 10 teams have zero points. Pretty interesting to start to the Premier League season, huh, Donnie?
0: Yeah, just a crazy a crazy round. I mean, and looking at it, it's crazy to see at the bottom of the table we have you have Leeds United, Man City is 14th, Arsenal is 17th. It's just insane to see this. I know it's round one. I know. Don't, 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 don't fast forward through the episode. I know it's round one, but it's amazing to see Brentford in sixth place. I mean, right now, if the league stopped. They'd be in Europa. I know. I'm jumping to many conclusions. Let's see well, how it's kinda, it goes. kind of kind
1: of the way in uh, where I, when the pandemic happened, right when that started shutting things down, that Sheffield would have been into Europa League as well, mm. and they would they would have gotten that spot had they completely shut the season down. And then they turned out to get relegated as the bottom team last year.
0: Yeah, but and, it just it just shows you the craziness of it. But it was a great first weekend, seeing the young man, sun gold for for Spurs to knock off Man City. So, to see that the the mighty Man City drop three points right off the bat. Liverpool's fan base is back here, and you never walk alone. And I cannot wait for that first game at home, going down to Carrow Road, down beating the Canaries three nil on the road, and seeing that team get back. Virgil van dyke being back that was amazing. So, I cannot wait for round two, but. An electric round one, I got to say.
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and hop over league Ligue 1 now in France. And it's been quite the quite the fast-paced, hectic start over there. We'll, we'll start with the champions, Lille. And right now they're sitting third bottom because they had to come back from 3-0 down in their opening game to come and get a 3-3 result against Mets to start the season there. And then they go and lose 4-0 at home to Nice in their second game so the champions are not off to the best of starts however PSG is off to a two and two start two of two start without Leo Messi so he is yet to debut for his new club Paris Saint-Germain and their next two games are on the road against Brest and against Reims so that'll be really interesting to see when and where Leo Messi will make his debut for the Parisians and I've gotten to watch a couple of these league on games on B sports over the last couple of days. And I got to watch the Montpellier Marseille game, which was absolutely incredible. Marseille came from 2-0 down and they won 3-2 on the road. And the Marseille fans were just going so crazy, as were the Montpellier fans, that they actually had to stop the game because the fans were going so crazy and smoking out the stadium. And I think a couple of fans actually threw stuff onto the field, which, I mean, you never want to see, but it just adds to the total chaos of being an Olympic Marseille fan. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. So, Angers and then PSG and clermont Foot are two of two so far to start the season at six points. And Strasbourg and Trion are still at the bottom with no points from two matches. And I got to say, for Ligue 1 not necessarily being on American TV as much as it might want to be, I mean, I, I've gotten to see a couple of games, and the games that I've seen have just been absolutely crazy.
0: And this, the back-and-forth defense is, is very interesting to see in French football, but the CPSG third, I mean, they're they're the third-best goal differential of the three teams that are that are undefeated to start the season, Anjou and in Clermont, both at the top of the table, both with – giving up no goals and scoring five and four respectively so i mean let's see how long they can last there i mean i think a lot of people have kind of under the impression psg will eventually take the throne at the top of the table and probably probably win this season especially once Lionel messi um graces the the, the league uh fields uh very soon but um I mean, it's really interesting to see Nice there in fourth, Nantes in fifth, Marseille in sixth. So the French League starting off quite interesting, starting off with some fireworks. We'll definitely have to keep uh, keep looking on to this very intriguing league off season.
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and hop over to the Bundesliga real quick. I, I always love to talk about the Bundesliga, and it's been quite an interesting first match day, seeing Bayern Munich and Borussia Mönchengladbach go to a 1-1 draw. A fair result. I got to watch the match, and it was a, it was a fair result. It was a good start to the match by Gladbach, and then Bayern really came on and dominated the second half and really got to pretty much impose their will o- across most of the rest of the match. So I think a fair result there, a long way to go for Bayern as they look for their 10th consecutive title. And A 1-1 draw for Union and Bayer Leverkusen. Greuter-Fürth go to Stuttgart and get dealt a 5-1 loss to start their inaugural campaign in the Bundesliga and then on Saturday was the big stories a five-two win by Borussia Dortmund over Frankfurt, a goal from Giovanni Reyna, which we love to see, and then two from Erling Holland. So that's a great start for him. And then light to go down 1-0 in Jesse Marsh's first game in charge away at Mainz. So not the start that American manager Jesse Marsh would have wanted to start with the Bundesliga. But it's an interesting start to the season in Germany. Köln. with a a win as well, Hoffenheim with a 4-0 win, and then we're going to get to see the likes of Union playing Europa Europa Conference football tomorrow in their very first European match. They'll be going tomorrow, and then Bayern played Dortmund earlier this week in the Super Cup as well, and Bayern got a 3-1 win to honor the late Gerhard Müller who passed away earlier this week as well.
0: Yeah, just it's always the first few weeks are always fun to see how the table changes because I mean when you have Stuttgart, Hoffenheim, Borussia Dortmund, and Cologne as your first four right now at the top of the table is, is quite an interesting sight. I mean, Byron is there. They do have one point there at the top of the one point stage of seven point in seventh place. So still a lot of football to be played, but it, it is kind of it always it's fun to just think about what if this kept pace? What if this continues to happen at Stuttgart and Hoffenheim stay in the fo- top four run? How interesting would the season be? But again, it's, it's their pipe dreams. You got to have a little bit of fun. So the first round always brings some fun tables like you want to take a picture because you're like, you know it's not going to stay this way so you got to have you got to have a little bit of exactly let's
1: it. like remember when
0: mm-hmm. it's like Brentford being in six in the EPL it's like I want to take a picture because who knows if they're going to be anywhere close to that
1: exactly and then we'll go ahead and finish out in La Liga and it was a really interesting start to the first round there and it was nice that now that that league is going to be on ESPN it's going to be very visible to American fans to be able to watch out on ESPN plus as well got to listen to a little bit of our our favorite MLS guys, especially Alejandro Moreno, getting to talk about it a little bit. It was really nice to listen to him. And it was interesting to watch Barcelona go out. And they looked really good, didn't they? I mean, they won mm-hmm. four to two. They allowed a couple of late goals, but really they looked very solid with Braithwaite getting to PK, getting the first goal. And it was really great story getting to see after hearing about the pay cut that he was willing to take in order for, Barca to be able to register players he then goes and scores the first goal and becomes pretty much even more of a hero in front of the Camp Nou fans right at the start of the season so great start for Barcelona even without Lionel Messi Atletico Madrid go and get a 2-1 result against Celta Vigo to start their season on the road Real Madrid are 4-1 winners against Alaves to start the season Them getting the job done as well Villarreal real and Athletic bilbao both getting nil nil draws in their own games and sevilla with a three nil win to start their season so we have quite frankly right at the top you can see it the five winners from match day one real madrid atlético madrid sevilla barcelona and valencia so the big dogs are all on top right from the get-go in la liga
0: yeah, big scores. Not 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 as much fun to look at the table on this one. You do have you do have the normal teams that you're used to seeing there, unfortunately. But sometimes that's the way it goes. Sometimes all the good teams no actually Mallorca,
1: Elche, and Osasuna at the top, unfortunately. oh
0: darn. I mean, or Granada, or Celta, or Getafe, which would be right. which should be fascinating. But it's again a long season. Who knows? But unfortunately, I think. The way this is, there, there may be a few flip-flops. I'm, I'm, let's see how Sevilla goes. Barcelona's there. Atletico Madrid, again, once you start getting some of the big t- big guys facing each other, this, this will definitely move around a lot. But again, a, fir- a cracking first week of, of domestic football in Europe.
1: All right, yeah, let's go over to a couple of European competitions. We'll go Champions League, Europa League, and Europa Conference. Look ahead to that. So we have the first leg of the playoff round in the Champions League. We'll start with that. And we had six games and six really interesting results. I think the big one that really pops out to us, and I, I know we were talking about this off camera, was Sheriff getting to win 3-0 over Dinamo Zagreb. And Zagreb was one of our kind of darlings of the Europa League last year. And then Sheriff were able to go out and get a 3-0 win to start that one off.
0: Yeah, that was really that was kind of a fascinating result there. I think a lot of people would probably would have presumed Zagreb would not been, even though they were on the road, would have been able to get at least a goal, maybe maybe two, maybe win it two, maybe go back home two one. But three 0 loss that it makes it very very difficult knowing you got to score four to get to the next round, and that's not going to be easy, especially considering you got clean cheated in their first round matchup. So that one that one's kind of a eyebrow raiser there we jump over the the swedish champions take down the bulgarian cha- champions malmo takes down Ludogorets 2-0 in, in in sweden so it'll be interesting to see as they go back to bulgaria how, how that get how that tie goes um bsc young boys of of switzerland take down france veros 3-2 Man, just some interesting results. Benfica beating PSV 2-1. Shakhtar going to France, going to Monaco, and getting a 1-0 win. That has got to be one of the more impressive results of this. And ending with Salzburg taking down Bromby 2-1. So, I mean, looking at some of these results, I mean, besides the Sheriff, are there any other Shockers? I mean, is there any worry that the ties are over, or or is there still intrigue going into the second leg?
1: I think, luckily, there's intrigue going into all the rest of these games. I think the Shakhtar one was the most impressive, especially them being the only away team being able to go and get a result in the opponent's ground. So they go back with a 1-0 one, no, one, no lead, even though away goals don't count anymore. It is mm-hmm. still really interesting to see these away teams be able to get results right off the bat to start off. And then... I think the Benfica result is really big over PSV because PSV had really taken care of every team that they had come up against so far in the qualification. So I think that's really big for Benfica, the Portuguese champions.
0: Definitely, for sure. So that's some some great matchups. Again, we'll, we'll have to look for it one more round to go. And then we have the draw for the Champions League. I cannot wait for that. That will be so exciting, especially considering some of the big boys of Europe are finally going to start playing in the Europa and the Champions League. Let's jump to Europa League. Unfortunately, there have only been two games played in this round, and that would be Red Star Belgrade, absolutely smashing Cluj 4-0 in, at home. Really tough to see how Cluj is going to be able to get through this tie. And the other one has made me come in with a little bit of a smile to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, as my beloved Glasgow Celtic hold at hold home at home at Paradise, beating Aze Akmar 2-0 in, in a, quite an exciting game. The first 10 minutes were a little scary there because it was very much open Uh, Very much open back and forth football, uh, a late goal by Japanese superstar Kyogo Funahashi, who the Celtic fans have absolutely fallen in love with. And it'll be fun to see this young man grow up in in paradise for sure. And then a late own goal that, that James Forrest helped do it, helped, um, slipped by the goalkeeper. So they will go to Holland with a two nil lead, knowing that if they get at least a goal in, in Holland, they probably have a good chance of winning this tie. And I would have to say, I was a little concerned going into this, but a nice two nil win gives me a little more confidence going into the second leg.
1: Yeah, I would definitely be happy if I was you, Donnie. That's a, that's a big result. AZ Alkmaar, definitely a very tricky team to go up against. I've watched a couple of Eredivisie games with Ajax and PSV, and Azad Alkmaar really trying to be that third team amongst the big three in the Netherlands. So they're always a tough team to play against wherever you're going up against. And then going on to the next round of matchups we have tomorrow, most of the Europa League playoff round, Match-ups. They have Galatasaray going on the road to Randers in Denmark. And we'll get to see Ammonia going up against Antwerp in Cyprus. That's always a fun match to see. Fenerbahce will play at home against HGK, which is a really tough team from Finland. Olympiakos will be playing Slovan Bratislava, so that'll be a very interesting one. And then your, your favorite team to hate, Donnie Rangers. <laughs> They're going to be going up to Armenia to play against Alashkert. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. But the big one that I'm looking at is Slavia Praha. We've talked about them a lot playing mm-hmm. Legia Warsaw at home in the Czech Republic. So that's going to be a really interesting one. I, I'm that, That's one that I'm really keeping my eye on because in the past, we, we've we've both seen Slavia in the Europa League really kick ass and take names, really. I mean, they, they've really been a bit of a barnstorming team in this competition.
0: Yeah, definitely for sure. And for me, I've almost got a little bit of a reason to watch that tie as well, because Legia Warsaw has a potential target for Celtic. It sounds like a right back that's a Croatian international is their next target that potentially they may be signing here quite soon. So I may have to keep an eye out to see if he's still playing or if he if he sat out, that may be some good news for, for Celtic. there, being able to sign a new right back to help Anthony Ralston, who's pretty much the only right back on the roster as we speak.
1: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. And then Europa Conference League is the first round of the playoff stage. All the fixtures are tomorrow. And just a really quick run through Aberdeen from Scotland, another one from your Scottish Premiership. They're going to be going on the road to play against Karabag in Azerbaijan. Union Berlin play their very first European matchup. They're going to be going on the road to Finland to play. And then we'll get to see Riga going up against Lincoln Red Imps. From Gibraltar, which is a really fun team to, to follow. They've been kind of they've been kind of putting their mark out there in European in the European landscape as well. And then we'll get to see Trabzon Spore go up against Roma. Wren will be going up against Rosenborg from Norway. Underlech will be going up against Vitesse. So we've got a couple of really good matchups in this stage, including Tottenham Hotspur. They'll be going up against Passos Ferreira from Portugal. So we'll get to see Tottenham going up in their Europa conference debut.
0: Yeah. It'll be quite an, quite an interesting little run there. And and it's very fascinating to see how, how teams kind of approach the conference league. Do do, do teams take it really, really seriously, especially some of the smaller leagues and and fascinating to see how some of the bigger league teams, do they use this as a development tournament to maybe get some youngsters in? So that'll definitely be one. We will definitely have to keep an eye on, I think that is going to wrap us up for Europe. Let's jump back over. We got to talk MLS, sir. I can see you are donned in your Kansas City gear. I think you are getting ready for a big game coming up soon. Am, am I am I off on that, or does Kansas City play tonight?
1: It's midweek match day, so we've got a whole slew of Wednesday night matchups. We had two games last night in, as well. We had San Jose and Minnesota go to a 1-1 draw and Colorado Rapids went to Carson and beat the LA Galaxy 2-1, and Donnie, I gotta say it, Colorado Rapids are really stamping their place in this Western Conference as a real contender. They're only three points off of Kansas City with a game in hand, although Kansas City will be playing tonight, so if sporting, hopefully, knock on wood, wins against Portland tonight, they'll be able to go six points clear with Colorado having two games in hand, so then Colorado, the best they would be able to do would be able, would be tying us on points. So just to run through the matches tonight, uh, we've already kicked off with New England versus D.C. and Atlanta versus Toronto. D.C. is leading the Revolution 1-0 at Gillette, which is a bit of a shocker. If that would to hold up. And then Atlanta is leading Toronto 1-0 in mercedes-benz stadium so that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on both of those a couple of other ones that are really interesting to keep an eye on are going to be philadelphia versus nycfc see whether or not the union can keep up after a bit of a disappointment in the Concacaf champions league last week the red bulls host columbus crew nashville sc have been a bit of a shocker they're really playing well right now they're up in third place and they take on fourth place orlando city and then, as I mentioned earlier, sporting plays Portland. Dallas is going to be hosting Seattle Sounders in the third game of a three game homestand for Dallas. And then RSL to close out tonight will be hosting Houston Dynamo. And then, like I was saying earlier, we still have New England Revolution on top of Supporters Shield Race at 43 points right now. They are 12 points, Donnie, ahead of NYCFC in second place and Nashville in third at 31 points. So, As of right now, New England's running away with the East, and they're making it look relatively easy. And then the Western Conference is where it gets much, much tighter. We have the top four teams, Sporting, Seattle, LA Galaxy, and Colorado, only separated by three points. And then when we go down to the bottom half, when we have the teams going from sixth down to tenth, there is only a three-point gap there between RSL, Portland, LASC, San Jose, and Dallas. So we have got a lot to play for. And with these condensed fixture lists coming up in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be interesting to see how the table starts to take its shape.
0: I, I know normally we do this a little bit backwards, but I, I want to rewind a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm going through the scores. I, I hadn't had a chance to see some of the highlights, but it, it, do my eyes deceive me? Do I see this correctly? I think the I see first Cascadia Cup game, goes 6-2 for the Sounders in Portland. Are you kidding me? Talk about taking your rival to the woodshed in front of their fans. I mean, they had to pull their mamas away because they were getting spanked.
1: And well, the crazy thing is, is that it started off crazy enough with two goals for Seattle with Freddie Montero getting two, and then Portland claw back two to make it two all, and then Seattle goes rampant in the second half. Two goals from Rui Diaz. The goal of the week winner from Jimmy Madronda and then Benizé to finish it off in the 94th minute. So if you're an ECS member, that you, you definitely had yourself a fun little night in the Rose City because that hardly ever happens. Where you're seeing Seattle going up to Portland and winning six to two. And then heck, the match before that, Donnie, Nashville mm-hmm. SC, the notable defense, the notable defensive team they go and score five against DC United. So that's a big win for them. And then Colorado getting a three, one win against Houston. That's another big one. And like I was saying, Colorado are definitely shaping up to be a real contender in the West. So we're we're definitely going to have a lot more interesting games coming up the next couple of days.
0: Yeah. Seeing Colorado continuing to go your, your beloved sporting Kansas city, getting a nice two nil win against Dallas down in Dallas with goals in the first and second half. So just, Absolutely insane. And the earthquakes again continuing to get points with that one-one draw with Minnesota. So man, absolutely fascinating. I, I cannot wait for it. The midweek round, the midweek rounds are always entertaining just because it's interesting to see how some of these teams Work in the the fatigue of playing over the weekend and then playing in the midweek. I mean, it's almost the MLS gets a little bit of the, the European little look with the two games during the week. So it's always fascinating to see how that goes. But sometimes that's the way it has to be. And I think, sir, that is going to do it today for our football section. Let's jump to it. One of my favorite things of the year. I'm not a massive baseball fan, but I always love watching the little league world series. And ladies and gentlemen, that gets started tomorrow from recording, um, Pennsylvania and the little league world series is something that I grew up on. I absolutely love it really quick before we run through who's made it and how it's going to go this year, Brad, did you watch it as a kid? I mean, what are some of your memories? I mean, for me, this was always one of my favorite things to watch every year was the little league world series.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it was at the point where I, I was trying to get into teams to be able to compete for spots in the little league world series. And I unfortunately never got to go to Williamsport or to a regional tournament, but it's always one of those things, especially when you're playing as a kid, you always dream of going to Williamsport and being able to get onto ESPN and play in front of thousands of fans out at the, out at the stadium out there and see the hill in the outfield and just go crazy and have that amazing experience. So it's definitely something that's always inspiring. It's really fun to get to watch these kids because you never know you're, you're, you're watching this. And then one day, some of, some of them are going to end up playing major league baseball.
0: On a a crazy fact connected here to Iowa. And and I want to see if you remember this, Brad, did you know that a future Iowa offensive lineman played in the little league world series?
1: I didn't, but that doesn't surprise me.
0: Julian Vandervelde, who played offensive line at the University of Iowa, played with the Davenport little league that got there. And at the time when he played at 13, he was already six foot two and 240 pounds. Oh boy. So he, he was destined to be an offensive lineman. But yeah, it, it was kind of those fun ones, like when, especially for me, when I saw an Iowa team was there, you always you didn't matter where they were in Iowa, whether they were in West Des Moines, they were Johnston, they were Davenport, they were Cedar Rapids. You kind of took them under your wing and you cheered for them as much as sometimes they didn't always go as far, but it was always always fun to, to keep an eye on it and to be able to watch the team from your state. Now, this year, unfortunately, due to COVID, they will not have international teams, which is a little sad because sometimes the international teams have great, great stories, whether it's Japan. Now that Australia has its own region now, so a team from Australia comes every year now a team from canada comes every year Mexico yep curacao tends to win one of the caribbean one of the caribbeans so unfortunately those players will not be here so as a way to still have the the normal two eight team regions 16 u.s teams have qualified so and they have split them up i love what they've done this year they've split it up into two brackets the hank aaron bracket and the Tom Seaver bracket. So I will go through it really quickly. I I haven't dove into this, ladies and gentlemen, so don't, don't, skewer me too much on this so in 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 the in the Hank Aaron bracket we will start off with Connecticut facing Hawaii Hawaii a state that tends to bring really really good baseball teams there so it'll be very very interesting the next in this bracket we'll see New Jersey and from the Midwest bracket Nebraska the next thing we'll see Florida and Michigan and Texas and Washington just by history this is going to be a fun region just be this is going to be a fun bracket with florida texas and hawaii all in this bracket this is going to be very very fascinating to watch we jump down to the tom siever bracket and a few more states with some history of some success at williamsport tennessee versus ohio california versus new hampshire pennsylvania gets a local team so it'll be very interesting to see how the fan bases turn out for that unfortunately i think it's only family which kind of stinks but that's the way COVID is Pennsylvania versus Oregon and ending up South Dakota versus Louisiana. This will be a fascinating tournament. I cannot wait to watch it. Tennessee, California, Louisiana should usually have some pretty good baseball teams. We'll have to see. I cannot wait for this. This gets started tomorrow. I cannot wait. We'll quickly go through that um, in our next podcast because we'll be a good way. Chunk through the tournament. We'll be pretty close to the semi-finals by the time we talk next week. So that will end our little league world series chat real quick. Like I said, really quickly and we jump to it, sir. The penultimate round of footy is over. We have one more round left. Let's jump through round 22 and some absolutely stunning results as we go through it. And right off the bat, Friday night footy again, I cannot get this GWS team figured out because as soon as I think they are done, they surprised me as they nipped the the t- the Richmond Tigers, ending the Tigers' chances of making the finals with a one hundred and six to sixty seven, a thirty nine point win. And our Battle of the Bridge brethren potentially are making a good case to see the finals and potentially see our beloved Swans in the first in the elimination final.
1: Yeah, I I'd been kind of riding this Richmond train as a wait until they have given you total reason to stop tipping them to not tip them and now they have officially given me the reason and it's it's crazy to think but tiger time is officially over it seems like because now the richmond tigers definitely are not going to be in the finals and like you said gws they, they've been they've been like in the upper tier of that group of teams that have been kind of like the inconsistent i don't know whether to pick them or not or what to think of them and all of that but time after time, GWS has really surprised us, and they've, they've gone out and provided big results for them, and they've gotten a huge one here with a 39-point win in Marvel Stadium. So taking Richmond's home state advantage out of their hands and likely stamping themselves a ticket into the finals, and like you said, it could potentially shape up to be a Sydney versus GWS final if both, if both teams win.
0: Yeah, definitely. It'll be, it'll be absolutely fascinating to see how that goes, but man, just has how fast Richmond has fallen, but the, the million dollar question I have going into next season, and it's almost rhetorical is, is, is this the end of the Richmond dynasty? Or is this just a tiny blip and maybe next year they come back and pardon the pun here, roaring back to a chance in the finals for that? We jump We jump from that stunning w- game to another stunner stunning to another. game as Alistair Clarkson is waving his magic wand of ability as he takes a Hawthorne Hawks team that nobody gave a chance in this game. And they weave another upset as the Hawks take down the mighty Western Bulldogs by 27, 64, 37. And I don't know about you, but I'm starting to think that maybe this vaunted midfield of the Western Bulldogs is starting to now become a liability more than a strength.
1: They're they're really giving their fans and footy fans everywhere cause for concern and cause for skepticism because they're really starting to sputter at the worst possible time, aren't they? I mean, they're really not looking efficient right now. And if I'm a dogs fan, I am really nervous heading into these finals. Yes. They're like, yes, they have a, a double chance all, but certainly wrapped up. It just depends on percentage. If they lose and Brisbane win and Brisbane win by enough, they could technically get into that top four. But if I'm a dogs fan, I'm very, very nervous. And then for Hawthorne, They've got nothing to play for. They're going out and just giving Clarko a final victory lap, as you could say. And, I mean, it's really nice to see for them, but also from a draft standpoint, and I think we were talking about this a bit last night, but they're, they've gone from a likely second pick in the draft, and right now they're up to the fifth. So, I mean, not that, not that they're going to necessarily miss an absolutely unbelievable once-in-a-generation player at number two, but you never know. Uh, a, a slip that far could potentially lead to opportunities that might not or might take away opportunities that otherwise would have been available at pick two.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it's, it'll be very interesting to see it is some of the first interviews with Sam Mitchell will be, I mean, how, how has this affected his coaching, coaching next year? Because he went from looking like a guaranteed top five pick to a, to a, to a generational style of player to now, I mean, he's going to get a guy that may take a little bit of work to get him back up where they need it. So it'll be very fascinating to see how that goes. We jumped to it. We jumped down to GM HBA stadium to a game that for the first 20 minutes, I thought we would see our third upset of the round, but, the good old Geelong Cats somehow find their legs they crawl back in they take the lead late and they pull out a a, a nice solid hard-earned victory over the St Kilda Saints by 14-85 71 and the Cats the one impressive in this game uh, with with some of the issues that they ran into another win and they keep their chances of a minor premiership still in the in, in, in the in the works
1: yeah, they win, but they do lose Tom Stewart to a foot injury, and it very well could be season-ending. And I think for Geelong, yes, it's a win. It, and like you said, it wasn't necessarily the most impressive. But it, it, was, a, it was a gritty type of hard nose, just grinded-out type of win that at this point in the season, you really just need to get. I mean, we were talking about the dogs and how their result was really worrying. I, I think that for Geelong at this point, anything will do i think that once we get to this point in the season it's 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 kind of that mentality and i think in their in their eyes they're still in with a shot at a flag and especially considering the fact that the dogs have been spluttering a little bit and they're gonna get a double chance then i i'm, I'm sitting a little bit easier if i'm a geelong fan
0: right now yeah definitely yeah i would i would completely agree with that now now I don't know about you, but I, I don't really want to talk about both of these games individually. Let's let's kind of put them together because both these games are absolute destructions. As the next two games of the round, sees Port Adelaide crush the Carlton Blues 95, 140 to 45. Yes, I said that correctly, 140 to 45. And to not be outdone, the Brisbane Lions just after them against the Collingwood Magpies beat the Pies 142 to 57. So both of these teams with impressive overnight over 80 point wins. I mean, which, which is in more trouble right now, Collingwood or Carlton?
1: Uh, I, that's a really good question. I, I think that I I couldn't really give you an answer to that because in, in more ways than one, they're both, Dealing with their own problems, Carlton is going to be losing Eddie Betts due to retirement, and they they've lost several other players due to injuries over the course of the season. So we don't know how they're going to pan out. And then Collingwood is still going to be looking for a new coach, so they they have their own issues that they have to deal with. So uh, I think that both of these old old school rivals are are equally in up the creek because they're they're both very very in bad spots right now
0: yep. and then going and then going from that i mean port adelaide still got a sniff for a minor premiership and the brisbane lions are starting to click again i mean who would you rather be right now going into the finals port adelaide with a chance to be in the double chance or a brisbane team is starting to kind of get it they may not make the top four but they're going to be a dangerous fifth seed if they stay there
1: i don't know i think i'd almost rather be port just because of the double chance right now i think that if you're Brisbane, you like your chance because if you win this next game in the next round against, let me pull it up West real Coast. quick. They're West Coast. So if they if they go and beat West Coast <laughs> and they beat them by enough and the dogs lose, theoretically, Brisbane's could still get top four and, mm-hmm. and a chance a double chance. But I think that if you're Port Adelaide, you're sitting pretty well knowing that there are a lot of players that are getting healthy. Lysette's coming back soon. And then I think that just the Port Adelaide list right now is looking much better than Brisbane just because of the fact that I think that the loss of Hipwood is still not fantastic for them, even though I've been high on the Lions all season. I think I'd rather be poor right now just because of the double chance.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. The double chance. And I think Port, as I said last week, they're getting healthy at just the right time and where Brisbane still have a few injuries that I think they really haven't. Fully replaced. We jumped to it to the game that I don't know about you, sir, but this one had me as an emotional roller coaster on this one because there for a while near halftime, I thought "Eh, this should be a relatively easy game for the Swans as the Swans edge out the North Melbourne Roos 91 77 and just a roller coaster game i mean i don't know i mean what what were your thoughts is this especially when north melbourne had it down to what was it four points there midway through the fourth quarter
1: yeah it it, it was a little bit concerning once that that started to happen and then it got even more concerning when nick blakey a revelation at halfback went down with what has now turned out to be a cracked leg and he's out for the season. So that's a really big blow for Sydney heading into the finals, which I'm absolutely fuming about, but we'll, we'll we'll turn off Swans fan TV for now. But I I think in terms of the game, I think that like I was saying earlier about the Geelong game, I think at this point it's really a just grind them out, do whatever you need to do, get the win, move on type of mentality. So good for Sydney to be able to get the win, be able to keep the move on toward finals. And as long as they're able to keep winning, that's what they really need to focus on right now, because they've got a tricky matchup against Gold Coast, who who they would need to avenge an earlier season loss to, and then a potential finals matchup against potentially GWS.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. This is this is one of those, as I said, the, I, this game scared me because North Melbourne has been playing such a tough brand of football. So to get a win, no matter what by what, it, it is a well-earned four points. Congratulations, Swans. We move on. The D's are back to it again as they take down the hapless Adelaide Crows, uh, one hundred four sixty-three, 104-63, a 41-point win. I mean, if I'm if I'm a D's fan right now, my confidence is starting to grow a little bit because maybe, just maybe, the D's are getting healthy, or are starting to play better footy at just the right time, just before finals.
1: Yeah, I think that of any of the top four teams right now, I would most want to be a D's fan right now because, like you said, they're getting healthy, they're playing great footy, Right now, they're in line for a minor premiership, and they're looking right now like the best team in the competition because their whole unit is firing at the right time, and they're looking very, very dangerous.
0: Definitely, for sure, we jump. We jump to a, 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 another blowout, unfortunately, as the Essendon Bombers continue their hot streak smacking down the Gold Coast Suns, 98 to 30, a 68-point win. I mean, I don't know if it's you, but even me as a Swans fan, like I'd almost take GWS because I think Essendon may be the scarier matchup in in that elimination final.
1: They're playing really well right now, aren't they? And now they have a matchup against Collingwood, and they win their end. Mm
0: -hmm. And it'd
1: be quite the story uh, seeing how they've been able to grow and get better over the course of the season. And I, I gotta say, this matchup, potential match between Brisbane and Essendon in the finals, that is a really tasty matchup. And you know that in an elimination final with these two teams knowing that they have to win to stay in, I mean, that's gonna be a really good matchup if it stays like that.
0: And you take the fact that Joe Dana, the Joe Danaher discussion, because Joe Danica, her, her gets to play his former team. And can he continue the streak? The fact that the, that Essendon hasn't won a final in over 17 years. So, I mean, it's it's so it, it's so well known. There's even a website with the countdown of the days of how many days it's been since Essen has won a final. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go try to find it what the day total is, but let's just kind of like kind of like the clock. It's, <laughs> it's
1: kind of like the clock at Hamburg <laughs> that they used to have, uh, ha- having never been relegated from the Bundesliga, and once they finally went down, they had to take the clock down.
0: Yep. It, it'll it'll I think it'll finally bust, but we'll have to see. But that was it's fascinating to see how that one goes. We jump to it. I'm I'm going to say it right now. Game of the round. The the score may not be the complete total, but this was the game of the round just because there were fans in the stands, an electric atmosphere, and a streak has died. The Frio Dockers have finally defeated the Eagles for the first time in over 11 meetings. Dockers take down the hapless Eagles by 15-79-64. And by golly, did you see Caleb Sarong's goal of the year potential candidate from the boundary there, middle way through the fourth quarter, that I think really propelled this Dockers team to a massive win to keep their chances of finals alive?
1: It's completely swung the game on its head. And I, I'm, I'm just going to say it, Donnie. I, I got to say it. Reverse psychology works its magic again. And <laughs> you're welcome, Frio.
0: Oh, that was absolutely spectacular. I had to chuckle when that game ended because I'm like, oh, Brad's three for three. <laughs>
1: yeah, hey, that keeps the train rolling.
0: Oh, man. Absolutely fantastic. And, sir, it, it, is, it is almost bittersweet, but we are up to it. Round 23, last round of the regular home and away season. Let's do our tips and we'll see who's going to make the finals and who's going to fall just short. And boy, do we get an absolutely magnificent game to start off Friday night footy number four, Western Bulldogs number three, Port Adelaide power. Who do you got winning this one?
1: This is a tough one to call. It's at Marvel. So you would think that home state advantage would tip the Bulldogs, but I'm almost tempted to pick Port Adelaide here just because they're playing a little bit better footy right now. I think it's, it's a toss up really for me, but I think that uh, I'm going to go with the dogs here just because I think that it's going to be a bit of a wake up call, the losing to Hawthorne last week. So I think that they're going to realize that they have to get going in time for finals. I think that they're going to be up for it, but I, yeah like I said it's a toss up for me and I could just as easily pick Port Adelaide but I'm going to go ahead and go with the dogs here at home.
0: See for me I'm I'm going to use the reverse on that. I I'm liking Port Adelaide much better than I'm liking the doggies right now. I don't like the body language. I don't like the messaging coming out of it i just i kind of feel like excuses are being made now so we'll really have to see but i like port i i I said it a couple weeks ago i said port's getting healthy at the right time and this is absolutely perfect for port this gives them a big chance to not only staple themselves in the top four with a chance to be top two and host a final at the port at the adelaide oval but to get themselves on a roll just before finals could potentially send them with a chance to get them to a grand final if they get going. So I'm going to tip the power on this one. We jump to it in a very intriguing matchup with the Richmond Tigers hosting the Hawthorne Hawks MCG Alistair Clarkson's last game as the Hawthorne Hawks coach. And I'm going, I'm going on emotion. I'm going on it. I'm going to tip the Hawks on this one. I don't like the mojo of the Tigers right now. I think with the losses, with the injuries, conscience out, I just don't think the Tigers have enough. Clarkson is coaching his you-know-what off right now. I'm going to tip the Hawthorne Hawks in this one.
1: Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to tip the Hawks as well. I think for every reason that you listed off, I think that it's going to be the swan song that he's been, that he's wanted, and I think he's going to get chaired off the ground, and I think that it's going to be a grand finale in what's otherwise been a lackluster year for the Hawks, so I'm going to go Hawthorne in this one as well.
0: Okay. We jump from, we jump from that to a game. You, you know, both uh, you and I are going to be keeping an eye on the proverbial trap game, as we say here in the States with it, with a team that you potentially may be looking over with finals on the horizon. The Swans are going Swans, Suns, Marvel stadium, upset for the Suns or to the Swans maintain it and go into the finals, having won two of their last three.
1: I'm going to go Sydney here. I think that I I like the, the momentum that they're going on right now they rebounded after a loss I I think that they're going to kick kick it back into gear a little bit more a little bit more convincing of a win against Gold Coast I think the absence of Blakey and Kennedy are both going to be a little bit tough to start off I think it might be another slow start for Sydney but I think that they're going to kick it in in the second and third quarters I think they're going to run out as 25 point winners
0: See, for me, if it weren't for some of the people that missed the last game, I'd be a little more worried. The fact that Mills and Lloyd are potentially basically going to go in for Kennedy and, and uh, Blakey, I don't think it's as big a loss, at least for this game, as it might have been. Plus the fact your buddy is most likely going to be back in this game. So he goes up, most likely replaces Hayden McLean or, or, or Sam Reed up front. So I think with the additions, I think the Swans should have a really good game in this one. Again, a little scary, but I think the Swans pull this one out and go in with some positive momentum going in to the finals. Another game that is very much going to, Uh, depict how the finals go brisbane lions at the gaba hosting the west coast eagles all right weave your reverse magic on us
1: all right we're gonna go west coast to win which means brisbane will run out as winners at the gaba
0: All righty. I I absolutely love it. I'm going to pick Brisbane in this one being at the Gabba West coast does not travel well, which will completely and absolutely end West coast season this year. And we'll really have to see how their off season goes or their questions over Adam Simpson. For sure. The other marquee matchup, seeing a two top four teams sees one versus two on the ladder in the last game of the year. I don't ever recall this ever happening as long as I've been watching footy Geelong cats, Down at GMHBA Stadium hosting the D's. I got the cat. I have the D's in this one. I think the D's defense is good enough here that I think they have a chance to win this game. Let me double check. I just, I think I, yep, I did. My apologies. I forgot. I tipped Geelong. I forgot. I I tried. I tried to. I tried to double dip on this one. My apologies. I have. I have the Cats in this one. GMHBA Stadium hosting. I think. I think the D's may comes back. Some of the. Some of the guys coming back. But sometimes that's not always the best thing to do in this situation, especially after a team with a humming win. So I'm going to tip the Cats in this one. My apologies. I forgot that I had tipped Geelong earlier.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No worries. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Melbourne. Uh, I think that they're playing the best footy right now. I know that they're playing at GMHBA, which is going to be an advantage for Geelong. But I'm really, really, really liking the D's right now. I think that they're playing well. And I think that the combination of Stewart being out, uh, I think it's going to be a hindrance for the Cats. So I'm actually going to pick Melbourne to win, and I'm going to go Melbourne to win the minor premiership.
0: All righty, we jump to that, to another thing that's going to depict how the eight turns out, and that is Carlton at Marvel Stadium hosting the Giants. Did the Giants choke away another playoff opportunity, or did the Giants' hot form continue and put them into the finals with a big win over the Blues?
1: I'm going to go GWS here. I think that they're, they're starting to kind of round the corner and ride the momentum of the Richmond win. I think it's going to be a tough one. I think that Carlton's going to be playing – really well especially to start trying to get eddie betts a a signature farewell but i think that gws is going to do just enough and i think that they'll get into the eight
0: so i'm going to tip gws but this is another one of those my upsets keep an eye on this one because does gws take carlton lightly and does a ton of emotion with eddie betts retiring Boister the Blues and maybe some of the Blues play for Coach Teague, knowing potentially this could be his last game as the head coach of the Blue Baggers. We jump to it now to a game that'll be quite fascinating because if, by this time, the eight might be pretty much set with St. Kilda at home down in Blundstone Arena facing the Frio Dockers.
1: This is a tough one to call because we've talked about both of these teams as kind of like I I was mentioning that little group of teams that have been really inconsistent over the course of the season. Uh, I'm going to go with Frio on this. I think that they're going to ride the momentum of beating West Coast in the Derby for the first time in a long time. And I think that they're going to ride that and they're going to try and keep their slim hopes of getting into the eight alive. But I think that Frio will win this one.
0: Uh, see, and for me, I'm the opposite. I have St Kilda. The travel, the win over West Coast. Sometimes, again, sometimes you have a flatter performance after winning a big game like that. And I just think St Kilda just had kind of a bad game the last one. I think St Kilda plays really, really well. Blundstone Arena, maybe a House of Horrors for Frio, which will meet, which will see their finals opportunity die. So I'm going to tip the Saints on this one. We jump to it. Ascenden. They're 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 they're. Future is in their hands. They win, they're in the finals, they lose, they leave it up to they leave it up to chance. Essendon v Collingwood. I'm gonna tip the bombers in this one.
1: As am I, I think that Collingwood is just in too bad of a state right now to, to mount a substantial challenge against Essendon. I think that they're playing really well right now. I'm gonna go the bombers.
0: All righty, and the last game of the round sees the fascinating 17th versus 18th matchup as the Adelaide Crows, the Adelaide Oval host. Those pesky ruse. And I got the ruse winning this one. The ruse may still get the wooden spoon, but I think the ruse are playing better footy. I think they look better. I think they've performed better. I have the ruse in this one.
1: As do I. I think that they're playing really well right now. I think that they were a little bit hard done to get beaten by the swans because I think that they played really, really well and they deserved a little bit more. But I'm going to go with the ruse. So, real quick, I just want to point something out here. So, I've got the ladder predictor up. And so, as the way that I predicted them, the we have the same ones and the differences where I picked the dogs. I picked, uh, I picked Melbourne and I picked Frio. So if those all go through, it would be Melbourne, Bulldogs, Geelong and Port as the top four in that order, setting up Melbourne V Port and Bulldogs V Cats in the qualifying finals. And then five through eight respectively would be Brisbane, Sydney. GWS and Essendon. So now if we flip these, if we go Port Adelaide over the Dogs, if we go Geelong over the D's and St. Kilda over Frio, then that would have Geelong one, Port Two, Melbourne down to three, and the Lions up to fourth. And it would set up Geelong v. Brisbane and Port v. Melbourne in the in the qualifying finals. And then would have the dogs go down to fifth and play Essendon in an elimination final and Sydney GWS. In the other elimination finals. so with those differences that really shapes up to to kind of really shake up the way that the eight looks but it, it, it does hold steady from six to eight with Sydney GWS and SNN as the last three in
0: yeah it'll be fascinating to see how some of these results go and it's going to change it's going to it's going to fluctuate it'll be fascinating but an absolutely bumper round 23 and next week sir we get to talk finals because i don't know if you saw during this week the the pre-finals buy has been scrapped it has been moved potentially to either in between the pro in between the elimination finals and the preliminary finals or like our Super Bowl here in the States, a final in between the prelims and the grand final, giving two weeks before we get a champion crowned. And I don't know if you've just seen this. I just saw it gum across my desk connected to footy. Basher Hooley of the Richmond Tigers has decided to call it a career. An incredible human being, and an incredible player, but just a great human being in and of itself. I have his book. I had it sent to me from Australia. I cannot wait to read it. Uh, a heck of a career basher. Congratulations. So a little bit of breaking news here on Coach Hester Sports Corner is Bashy Hooley puts his cleats up after a long and illustrious career at Richmond and at Essendon.
1: Yeah, he has just been an absolutely incredible player and an excellent ambassador of the game as well. So he, he's done a great job of fighting for equality and playing his butt off for the Richmond Tigers, winning three premierships. So he's going to live long in the memory banks of every Tiger fan for a very long time. And like you said, the book is fantastic and all all the best to him. He's been a great player to watch. And I think it's going to be really interesting seeing how Richmond goes forward now. Now that that is going to add on top of everything else that's going to happen in this offseason for the Tigers.
0: Mm -hmm. Cannot wait. And, sir, we've come to it. We're, we're, We're to my favorite part of every episode. Here it is. Here we go, Brad. What is your crazy stat of the week?
1: Okay, so we've got a really interesting one here, and it has to do, of course, with baseball because there's never any shortage of absolutely outrageous stats. So it it branches off of something that happened on Saturday night, and that's Tyler Gilbert of the Arizona Diamondbacks in his very first career start. His first career start, he throws a no-hitter which is absolutely incredible. And he joins a list of four players this season to throw a no hitter in their first complete game. And he joins Musgrove means and Turnbull as players just this season to throw a no hitter in their first career game. You know how many pitchers there were that threw a no hitter in their first complete game from the years, 1900 to 1993.
0: Yep, (laughs) three (laughs) in the span of
1: 90 years and then there are four in this season so that just goes to show you how absolutely incredible the the pitching has been this season throughout the throughout the major leagues
0: yeah and the crazy part is they even they even had that rule to take away the foreign substance rule so it's very interesting to still see pitching still being so successful this season sir and i think that is going to do it for our episode this week. Another bumper episode. We get closer and closer to the finals in footy. We're getting closer and closer to getting into the meat of the season, the domestic league And as we stated here, coming up here in a couple of weeks, college football here in the States is getting closer and closer to coming. Keep an eye out. We will have a college football season preview episode coming out. We cannot wait again, Brad, another awesome chat, sir.
1: Definitely Donnie. It's been crazy seeing what has happened so far. And I think that going into the next episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and see all of my picks. I'll, I'll go ahead and list them out for myself and see what my tipping record for, for footy this season has been. And I'll have to compare it to yours. And we'll have to see just how successful we have been in terms of tipping this season. So it's going to be interesting seeing that. And then hopefully we'll get to see a couple of really interesting games over the course of all of our sports. And if you're, if you're a football fan, be on the lookout on ESPN on Saturday at 2:30. Minnesota United is hosting sporting Kansas city at Allianz field. And you will likely be able to see me on the broadcast. I will be there. I'll bring my sporting Kansas City flag and hopefully infiltrate, get in behind the lines of Allianz Field (laughs) and get to paint sporting blue across across the blue of Allianz Field. So that'll be a really fun time then.
0: Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Safe travel, sir. Enjoy the game. Hopefully, hopefully your hopefully your Kansas sporting Kansas City play well up there. We cannot wait. Ladies and gentlemen, that is another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner. Again, if you like it, please share, subscribe, let me know how it's going. Please follow myself Coach Hess 40 on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Please reach out. Would love to see some feedback on the show to, to let us know how we're doing, how we can improve and how much, um, how much you listen to the show. We'd love to hear. Um, that will be it ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you again next week.